and we are being joined by Zeon Steele. Uh, Steve Choi is his real name. Do you mind uh, if the public knows that? <laughs> sure, that's fine. Hello, everyone. How's it going, yeah. Eddie? What's going on, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But uh, yeah, dude, you're a um, you're a professional magician. You uh, you create magic. And how long have you been doing this? Yes, uh, almost uh, twelve years now. Jeez, twelve years, and yeah, and already. And how many how many effects have you? Because uh, for the general public, that's uh, at least the way I look at it. Magicians don't really like uh, calling them tricks, so to speak. They're more like you want to call them effects. So how, effects, many effects yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many effects have you created in uh, your career? Uh, so far, six. Uh, I do have some other stuff coming out next year or this, you know, this coming year. Uh, but uh, right now, currently a six, six different effects. And you've, and you've partnered with, uh, well, is it a partnership or do you just, cause I know you're with Penguin Magic still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Um, I have, uh, several tricks that are being sold on Penguin Magic. And also I have, uh, I mainly go through Murphy's Magic. They produce everything uh, for for me, most most of it, and uh, um, I mean, pretty much. Murphy's Magic is the largest magic distributor in the world, and so it's pretty. I'm pretty uh, lucky that I was able to go through them. And Penguin Magic is pretty much the same, uh, but they sell uh, to consumers. Uh, Murphy's Magic doesn't, uh, but Penguin Magic also they buy tricks from. Um, from other magicians, you know, all, any and all magicians, and uh, and they sell it on their site too as well. Ah, dude, it's so cool because okay, so for for everybody listening, the backstory to uh, Steve and I, the way I met him, uh, because we do know each other in real life. Um, yes. uh, I was working at a uh, theater magic shop, which was the name of the company, Theater Magic, in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and. Yes. Uh, that was our initial introduction because prior to that you had, uh, you'd been coming in there and, uh, kind of sharing your passion oh, yeah. of magic and, uh, kind of struck up a friendship with TC initially. Right. Um, yep. And TC and I became friends because we both worked there. And then he was telling me about this guy that, you know, would come in frequently, uh, Steve. And he was like, yeah, he's a real good guy. He loves magic and, uh, get to know him. And, instantly dude like the second like that we started talking i mean we don't talk that frequently like we're not best buds or anything but right like, right you know so, what i mean like and, you know, let's pick up a conversation like we just talked yesterday pretty much that's what i'm, sa that's what I'm saying and, and yeah. even though i don't do magic anymore like i like i'm kind of out of the magic game um it doesn't matter oh, because like oh, what's up i so say you oh, you are out i mean you've done magic i mean are you yeah, uh, dude, uh, it's just, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I did, I, I attribute it to the fact that I worked at two magic shops and it turned into a business and right. I gotcha. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just killed the, like the joy of it because it was all about, Oh, someone's walking in, go sell them, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. True. I like I attribute it and it, like if you love cars like don't become a car salesman you know <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that is true you know it, it, right. it, 
it just takes it out of it. And uh, but you you also have worked at uh, uh, Mr. G's, right? Yeah, Mr. G's Magic Shop and Costumes. That was in Orange Park. I was there for uh, almost five years, or maybe four. I think almost. I think four years, and that's where my actually like like really started getting into magic because you remember as well as as well as I do that Xavier uh, for the uh, folks listening uh, my son started in magic <clears throat> when he was seven and he got into it he did it for for two years he as his um, um, quote unquote I'm retiring from magic I'm getting bored so I want to go on to something else which is no big deal you know uh, he's, he's, he was still a kid, you know, kids, you know, the, they get interested in something, they get bored and they go to something else. And that's what happened. And I continued. <clears throat> and, um, and so Mr. G was my mentor and he's been doing magic all his life. And he, you know, gave me some tips and pointers throughout the years. And, and then from there, just kept learning and went from there. So when you were at Mr. G's, did you feel like, it was like, was it kind of different from what I was doing, like with Daytona Magic and Theater Magic, where oh, it yeah. was, a, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Mr. G's shop was more, you know, it was, you know, it was a, a brick and mortar shop, um, the only one in Jacksonville. Uh, is probably, I mean, there was other magic shops and other costume shops, uh, costume shops. Yeah, there were several in Jacksonville, uh, but he was mainly the main magic shop of all of Jacksonville. So, you know, <clears throat> I get to, uh, you know, one good thing about that is uh, through magic, I've met a lot of people, you know, I've met a lot of people, a lot, a lot of magicians that come to the magic shop. And, you know, I mean, we're still friends 10 years later, still, you know, and same for you. I mean, you, CC and I, were all still the same, you know, like we said, we don't uh, talk to each other that much, but we can track up a conversation like we just spoke yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, like that, like that's what I enjoyed about about that. Like when someone would come in that was not just like a like a general person off the street, and they were like, "Ooh, magic sounds fun!" Like someone that actually right. had passion for it. Yeah, Those were the exactly. people that were like giving me hope with the job. I was like, "All right, maybe I do like this." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like maybe I do like selling magic. And then every once in a while, you have someone who actually appreciates it come in and talk right. to you, but that was so far and few between. And then, uh, you know, I'm not naming names, but you know, certain owners were just, sure. Sure. You know, they, like, <laughs> Oh man, they it just, it, it, it just killed it for me, which is unfortunate, but it's not like I don't love watching magic. I love watching magic. Right. Still to this oh, yeah. Day. yeah. And like the stuff that you've created, um, you know, and, uh, the links is, like are going to be in the show notes to, uh, like, you can tell me whatever links you want me to put in there and I'll put in there, but um, okay. uh, check this stuff out because the stuff that Steve is, is putting out is top notch stuff. And if you're trying to get into magic, it's, would you say it's like advanced or like, me, like intermediate or. Uh, it's pretty much, I mean, there's some sleight of hand and some of the tricks that I, that I have, but I mean, it's, it's easy. It's, it's, you know, it's easy to intermediate to, <clears throat> mainly a lot of magicians focus on easy tricks, but still hits hard for your spectators. And they also think about, you know, anyone coming new into magic, 
you know, it wouldn't be that difficult to, to, to perform the trick. You know, but at the same time, you do have to have acting skills. You have to know how to act, you know, uh, your crowd control uh, and how to speak to your spectators as well. You can't just say, hey, let me, let me show you a trick. You know, you can't be like that. <laughs> you just have to, like, get them comfortable, you know, let them know that, you know, for me, when I say, um, like, if they find out that I do magic, like, if we're jamming out at a restaurant slash bar, um, people will, we don't go up to people, you know, as they're probably, you know, having their own time, you know, dinner or whatever. But so what we normally do is we just, we get a table. There's usually about five, six of us. Uh, we, you know, we, we just, you know, pitch ideas and, you know, what we've seen new and, and you know, anything new that they bought. So we just sit at our table, and most of the time, you know, when people see us with cards, um, you know, doing certain things with our close-up mats, you know, they always come by or they see us or they look at us like, what are they doing? Are they playing, you know, poker or blackjack? And they'll come by most of the time and say, hey, you know, what are you guys, what, what are you guys doing? And we tell them we're magicians, and most of the time they want to see a trick. And start from there, it just dominoes it's a domino effect it's like everybody comes over and you know they want to see this they want to see that but the normal first impression when someone's when a magician says you know yeah I do magic the first thing they think of is like you know the amateur stuff you know like the you know top hat and you know long cape and a tuxedo that's you know that's how they perceive it at first but then once we start performing the tricks that we do and you know, they've seen, you know, AGT, they've seen Penn & Teller. So then they look at it as, holy crap, what the heck just happened? You know, that's not a 1980s trick or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's the interesting thing about the public's perception about magic. And you can definitely comment on this much further than I can because you're actually, like, a working magician. Like, you don't just create right. magic. You right. know, you actually get out there and perform like pretty much nightly, correct? Well, we, we tried to jam once a, once a month. Um, but then at the same time, it's, you know, I'll be at home, you know, trying to think of something new. If, you know, the time that I have, I have time. And then if I don't, you know, I'll just, you know, cheap, just I'll just keep trying to figure out something. And normally, you know, you know, as well as I do is like if you if there's a trick, you cannot copy or steal from another magician that's like an 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 oath um and if you do you are frowned upon extremely extremely negatively and so but if there's a trick that comes out you know let's say it's a five-year-old trick but you've enhanced it and made it better then that the proper thing to do is is contact that magician that first released the trick to the world tell them or her your trick and that it's, it's a little similar, but you've made it better where they can do it this way or that way. And 90% of the time they agree and they said, yeah, you can, you know, that you can release it, you know, to the world, you know, just make sure that their name is credited into your tutorial or trailer. So that's, you know, you can always do it like that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, I'll tell you, like the public perception of magic is do you, like, do you think it's, it's shifting more positively or do you still think it's, it's really hard to get people on board because they still think it's this uh, almost like game in a way of like, you know, try and catch me. Like I'm going to try to fool you. And 
I'm better than you and or do you oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's always like that. It still hasn't changed ever since I started. <laughs> so it's still this whole like kind of cat and mouse thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they um, I mean, it's pretty much like, you know, you know, credit my name. Um, you know, they, we'll get hecklers, you know, we'll get there's always one out of the bunch that if you're showing some magic and it usually doesn't happen when you have a gig because, you know, if you have a gig, that's what they want. They want a magician. And, but usually if it's like out and about, just, you know, hanging out with your, with the guys or the gals and you're just doing something and someone wants to see a trick and then someone else in the crowd sees what you're doing, you know, you're always going to get, like I said, you know, one of those hecklers. Now I've, I've had a couple of hecklers. Luckily it wasn't as much as most of our friends, you know, you know them too, and not as much as what they've gotten before. But usually what I got from Mr. G, who owned Mr. G's Magic Shop, he says that if anyone ever tries to grab the magic that you're doing from your hands or from your table, all you have to say, and it all, it all is always worked for me, all, all, the all, all you should have to say is, well, let me ask you a question. Can I touch you or can I touch your stuff that you have? And if they say no then the response is, then you can't touch my stuff. And every time it works. And they just start laughing because literally magicians can get away with almost anything verbally because they know that you're showing them magic. So they automatically pick it up, pick up as, you know, that's your routine. You know, that's your, that's, that's your verbal routine that, that you're doing. And literally almost every single spectator always laughs. You know, you know, sometimes they'll have a smart comment, but, you know, it, it plays well. It plays into the routine that you're doing. Interesting. Interesting. That's yeah. Like there's it, it's funny when you get into magic, there's this kind of uh, uh, at like tutorial over how you handle what you just said. Hecklers is what uh, uh, mm -hmm. people are called when they're kind of like stepping over the boundary that is established when you're doing magic, okay. especially if it's, you know, quote unquote street magic where you're uh out and about or you're at a restaurant you know um versus on the stage i mean yeah you'll have people probably shouting at you but i mean that's far and few between when it like compared to the to the street magic thing oh yeah and oh yeah exactly it's so interesting because like i remember when i got into magic it was it it was always the approach like how do you approach people and say hey i'm a magician i want to show you something that's incredibly frightening and i oh yeah of course <laughs> and and like i like the, like does that change like because you've been doing this for a long time do you still get nerves no not anymore not anymore it's um usually i i've never really actually gone up to somebody just randomly it's usually like if i'm if i'm at a restaurant or bar or even if i'm just at a gas station or in line at, you know, Winn-Dixie or Target or something like that. One main trick that I love doing, which I know that you know that I love doing, is uh, there's a trick called Extreme Burn where you visually change five $1 bills to any other de uh, denomination. It could be five, you know, five fives, tens, twenties, fifties, hundreds. So my little thing that I do, it's is in this kind of an opener for me, like if we're jamming out somewhere at a restaurant, um, but usually when I'm at like a store, I would purpose, I would just pull out the five ones 
And I was like, oh, goodness. I thought I had a 10. Do you, do you see a 10? I'll have my glasses on. Just something like that. And when they say no and they see those ones in my hands, I'll look at it and I was like, oh, you know what? I almost forgot. And then I tell them to look at the ones or I say something like, oh, I know what happened. Here, hold on for a second. And then literally change it to five different de denominations. And usually it's, it's the hundreds that I use. And when they see it, it's just, it's a huge shock because they're not expecting it. And they're not expecting ones to change to $100 bills. And so that's my go-to trick that I always do. And sometimes um, I do my little uh, telekinesis trick that I do that you know of, that you've seen me do. And yeah. yep. sometimes I do it as an opener because it's so, it's so very strong. But most of the time it's, it's, it's a closer for me. But I usually do. I usually just go with the extreme burn trick, and um, and that's how everything starts. Starts basically. <laughs> so at at one time, like when you're walking, like just casually walking, like how many, like, do you think you would be, like have the ability to sustain a a fifteen twenty minute like show just in your pockets? Like, do you have enough like improvisational? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably yeah, probably about. A good thirty minutes, just on you all the time. On me all the time. That's so oh, yeah. cool, dude. That like, <laughs> see, that's the shit that I love. Like, it's just, it's, it's. But then, it, like, you ask yourself, why? Why is magic so attractive? Why is it this? This in one way, this almost because I mean, magic's been around for for, for forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's 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 almost impossible it's almost to really. Bad. Yeah, and there was real magic years and years, you know, centuries ago. Uh, but of course, you know, that's that's you know, like a whole different platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's where you know, there's a thing that we call a thumb tip. I'm not going to elaborate too much for you know for any listeners, but we call it a thumb tip. You know what a thumb tip is? I have that with me every day, every everywhere I go. I never leave home without it. Uh, I always have my extreme burn with me. I never leave home without it. And <clears throat> when I go to work, you know, I have a, a daytime job Monday through Friday. I have my, you know, my, my briefcase with me or, or my bag that hangs off the shoulder. And I always have something in there. You know, um, it could be cards. It could be coins or it could be um, invisible thread or something like that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll always have something with me every day, every single day. Because now it's like I've done it for so long. If I don't have my thumb tip or I don't have my extreme burn, it's literally I feel naked. I, I, I can't go. I can't leave the house without it. <laughs> and when you're doing magic, what is like, because this is something that probably a lot of people are curious about. What is, what is like the end goal? Like what are you trying to achieve? And Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much it's where um, – if they're having a bad day, let's say, you know, there's, I mean, just a complete horrible day and, you know, they had a bad day at work or they just got into a fight with their, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, or wife or whoever. And most of the time that I've experienced is, you know, they'll, they'll be, you know, in the mood because they're out with their friends, you know, away from any um, negativity that, you know, they wanted to get away from. And most of the time they want to see something. And once you do the trick and, you know, and, and it has to be something, you know, pretty strong, of course, you know, 
maybe, you know, something simple at first and then kind of gradually, maybe the third trick, you know, do something very strong where they will leave happy, um, put a smile on their face and uh, a night they, they, they're not going to forget. And usually what I like to do is, you know, do a trick where I can actually give them a card that they possibly signed or I signed as a souvenir. So that way, when they see it, they're always going to remember that day where they were specific time and, and who it was that showed them the trick. So it's always towards the end is where I, you always try to make them happy, you know, like this, you know, put the smile on the face, especially for kids too. When they, when they see magic, they're, 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 you know, they just, they lose their shit. <laughs> and it's always something to remember. You know? Yeah, dude. So true. But like you, you really wonder if like the, the like the public's perception of magic. So like when you think of uh, like the popular guys, right? Like the 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 Chris Angels, the David Blaine's, the now you have oh, Penn and yeah. Teller fool us, right? You have uh, yeah. like, do you see this kind of um, what's the word? Like like do you see the effects of that stuff leaking over into when you're performing and people are like, oh oh, like do something like Chris Angel would do, do something like David Blaine would do. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've never actually had someone say those words but i've had people say oh man that's like david blaine or oh that's like chris angel or you know i, I saw this trick that david blaine did when he came into town blah 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 and and they'll say you know do you know that one and most of the time i'll say yes i know that one but <clears throat> i'll just kind of gas gradually say i don't have it with me but I do know what that is. And, but sometimes a lot of times I don't say, um, you know, I don't have it with me. And I, but usually I say, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. That's a great trick. And then I go on to something else. So that way the focus isn't on, you know, what they want me to do is something that, you know, basically I want to show them something that they haven't seen. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I, when I was doing it, dude, like that would always come up and, and, and I, I was always torn between, because like that's the real question it's like do you want to present yourself as this guy that can like summon incredible powers and do anything anytime anywhere mm -hmm. like do you want to be that kind of magician the guy that literally seems like he's supernatural which is what chris angel kind of makes himself seem like or used right. to um or do you want to be the guy that is or girl or do you want to be the person that is you know realizing that this is an art form i'm not claiming that i can levitate anytime anywhere the second you ask you know this is something that requires you know preparation something that requires right. you know practice um and that that was always tricky for me because i think when you start out in magic particularly if you're young you're probably thinking like you want to present yourself as the person that can do anything anytime anywhere you're a walking wizard right <laughs> and right. you know it's almost like a handicap, I think, in a way, because you'll come across those situations where people present to you, like, the ability to do that, and you don't have anything, <laughs> and you're stuck, you know, especially if that's your persona, like, if you're known as that person that claims these things, so is that the way you present yourself, like, more of, this is an art form, and we both recognize that? Yeah, well, I, what I like to do is i mean pretty much it's i want people to see me as you know while i'm performing a trick you know just kind of 
have make them you know think in their mind that as probably most people do is like well who is this guy you know where, where does he learn all this stuff you know that type of persona i don't i don't try to be you know like um i guess like a superhero wizard which you know if they think that that that's great but i don't try i don't try to be like that what i tr normally try to do is you know i make the i make the spectator feel comfortable um you know you know make them feel like they've known me for years and just be you know just be casual with them like i've like you know they're I've, like they're my best friend basically and what i want them to i guess get from seeing the magic is you know just uh, something impossible that they've never seen before something impossible that's just going to make their mind think like literally how is that possible that that there's no way that can happen but it just did and that's the that's what i want them to feel and see i don't try to be this big old you know name you know i'm not as of course i'm not as big as shin lim but you know i do okay you know with with the uh, you know in the magic community but it's my main thing is you know I have fun doing it, but at the same time, I want them to experience something they've never experienced before. And if they've seen it before, great. If not, even better. Okay. That's, that's, that's the honest approach that I think a lot of people should go for. And it's funny, uh, everybody listening, Shin Lim, he's actually, uh, he's a world-renowned magician, but uh, he probably is more popularly well-known for uh, winning AGT. Yeah. And um, he actually won two two in a row right he did the championship yeah AGT well. and the champions yep yep and he has uh he has a, a las vegas he, residency yep now finally he does <clears throat> and he did the um um he fooled Penn and teller twice and <clears throat> and for i guess I, I guess since we're talking about him you know for the folks that's listening i've known shin for about almost five years well almost six years now and i I do web development during the day. That's my daytime job. And I actually built his website twice. The first time, um, this was about, yeah, almost about four and a half years ago. And the second one, after he's got more popular, he wanted to change his site to a newer, a newer look. And he called me. We, you know, we collaborated to see what he wanted. And I built his site and now it's been about three years and now he has, you know, he has people that maintains it and, um, and, um, but yeah, that's, that's how we know each other. And that's how we met about almost six years ago. Damn dude. Yeah. Cause like, oh man, I remember watching him on, uh, on the show and just like the shit he does is, oh yeah, is it literally looks like an actual camera trick, but mm -hmm. it's not. But it's not like yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the mind blowing part about it. Like you're <laughs> watching it and you're thinking to yourself, "There's no way this has to be edited somehow." And you come to realize that no, that's how good this guy is. He's yeah. just uh, yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking good. And dude, like, I don't want to like. Uh, well, no, no, like this doesn't like sound disrespectful or anything. But like, I reached out to him and I was like, "Hey, Shen, I want to try to get you on my podcast." I know Steve Choi. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. I, I literally told him, like, I know Steve, Zeon Steel. Um, 
And uh, he got back in touch with me. He was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm setting up the, the Las Vegas residency right now. But uh, uh, that's cool that, you know, uh, Steve, and uh, I'd love to come on at some point. So um, oh, that's, that'd be cool, dude. Yeah, he's just so like he just won a huge show. He's setting up a residency and he responds to me like, but like just to show you the kind of uh, uh, humbleness that this guy has as well. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, pretty much now because he's so busy, we don't talk as much like we used to. I mean, literally, we talked every day until uh, it kind of, it kind of, kind of wound down after he won AGT. And, um, but yeah, but he's been, yeah, yeah, he's just been busy ever since. But before then, you know, with the website and just, you know, just everyday, you know, just everyday talking, you know, see, see what he's been up to, and what I've been up to. And, uh, but yeah, now it's just kind of like maybe once or twice a month, we'll chit chat for a little bit. And, but yeah, he's so busy. <laughs> oh, dude. He, yeah. He's, he's awesome. And it's a shame that he wasn't the first one to win that show. The first one was Matt Franco. Matt Franco. Yeah. And yep. do you know him at all? Like, have you ever got like got in contact with him? Uh, I've think no, that wasn't Matt. No, I haven't talked to him, but I've tagged him a couple of things that that I've done on Instagram. Um, but he's, you know, again, he's, you know, he's he's probably busy too. He's been doing that now ever since he's won AGT, and he's been doing that. God, when was he was on AGT? What back in two thousand fifteen? I think. I think that sounds right. Yeah. So, but there is one trick that I that people kept telling me that he had an NBC special after AGT and <clears throat> once that was aired and you know, of course the magicians saw and the ones that I know, they like just bombarded my uh, Facebook messenger, uh, my Instagram saying that, Hey, Matt Franco did your trick that you came out with on his special. And I'm like, what? No, no way. So I went on there. I looked it on, I looked it up on YouTube and I was like, wait a minute, that does look like my trick. <laughs> and, but then I found out it wasn't mine. It looked like mine, but he, what he did was he had a deck of cards. He was showing some people and um, the camera came back to him and he changed those cards into five $1 bills. And he was just messing with the cards, you know, to the spectators. My trick, which you know, uh, is bash. It's a card yeah. box changes into five ones, not cards. So at first <laughs> I was all excited. And then I was like, okay, you know, that's, that's fine. It's not a big deal, but it'd been cool if he did. Um, but, um, but yeah, I try to contact him about that, but he never, um, yeah, he never contacted me, uh, uh, back about it. Um, but I was telling him that, you know, Oh, I thought it was mine. It, it would have been great if it was mine, but you know, you did a great job, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, no response, but it's not a big deal. I wasn't hurt. <laughs> that is so fascinating to me. And, and, and you saying that really brought it up here and, and I want to talk about it. It's because when you get it down into the nitty gritty details of magic creators, and there's a fine line, which I think the public is not very familiar with is there's right. people, there's people that create magic. There's people that perform magic. And then you'll have that rare thing where it's, a combo of a creator and a performer and right, right usually not all the time but usually like the big guys like the ones that you think of as like the top they're literally just performers they're 
they're getting their stuff from creators like yourself and, right. and they're somehow getting all the attention from it. Um, not that that's bad, but it's, it's this weird fine line that you walk and it's a shame because I think the creators really should be getting much more notoriety because sure, it's, of course, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's sort of like a movie, like without the writer, you don't have the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, do you See have, what, like, yeah, to elaborate on that is like, you know, every magician does a trick that another magician created. I mean, that's that, I mean, that's just the way it is. And, you know, a lot of people get popular because of the tricks that they do. Like, um, oh, God, I, don't, I really don't want to mention his name. Let's just say this. There's a magician that's like millions and millions of followers. And, and um, what he started doing, is it, it was um, stooging spectators. But he was doing, you know, other magicians' tricks, which is fine because that's the way, you know, it, it, that's the way, it, that's the way it just evolved. And what I would love to see is where, where every time they do a video and they do a trick, I wish towards the end of the video is they would credit every single magician of the tricks that they performed. That's what I wish they would do, but they don't. And that's where the fine line is. So I don't know if they're not supposed to. I don't know if the the TV, you know, the, the TV company told tell them, you know, just do the trick. Don't mention anybody's name. I don't know. So there is a fine line with that because I do tricks that other magicians created. Um, you know, you've done those, you know, all, pretty much all magicians do that. And that's how they, you know, this that, that's that's the only way to perform. Unless you create your own and don't do anyone else's magic, create your own and perform your own tricks, then that's the part where, you know, you can tell them, you know, these are all my original tricks. You know, you didn't use anyone else's tricks. So there is a fine line on, you know, how, you know, to get notoriety of, you know, creators and just magicians, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like when you say that, like the name that instantly comes to my mind, someone that does their, all their own stuff and performs is like Jay Sankey. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Like Sankey, like, for anybody listening, I mean, he has a YouTube channel that is, you know, dedicated to, you know, teaching magic and, and whatnot. And uh, super funny guy. And uh, oh, yeah. he's just great. Like, he creates all his own stuff. I think he actually is uh, credited as the guy that's created the most magic ever, right? I think so. I think so. Like, the guy has, like, over 1,500 effects or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he's got tons. <laughs> he's crazy. And he's super funny and down-to-earth. And, and, and a Superman uh, fan, like me. <laughs> and, a, and a Superman fan. Yeah, dude. Um, so, you know, it's, it's mostly the TV magicians. And, yeah, you know, uh, you know there's, there, there's, there's actually only a few of them. There's not that many popular TV magicians, but... It's just yeah. a shame that, like you said, how at the end, uh, a giant list comes up, you know, because, I mean, that would be enough. And yeah, exactly. It doesn't. And that's really unfortunate. But then you spiral down into how do you determine what's original and what's not anymore? How do you, like, determine, does this exist? Has this been created? Like, is there an encyclopedia that you can pull up or? Yeah, the... What I normally do, and, I, and I'm pretty sure most magicians do this, 
is if you think of something, because I mean, literally, since it's magic, everything has been created. I mean, there's so many card tricks, there's so many color changes, um, you know, so many props, so many gimmicks. But normally, if you think of, of, of a trick, you have to start Googling. You have to find out if there's another trick out there. Um, like, for example, Bash. I don't know if I told you the story. I, I think I know I told TC. But Bash, um, you know, it's a card box that changes into five $1 bills. That resonated from my very first trick that I released called Five. And this is just for the listeners. Five was... Um, you can ask a spectator for a $1 bill and you can visually change it to every single denomination from, from a one to a five, 10, 20, 50, and a hundred. Now there are some um, little techniques to, to, I guess you can say kind of pretty much sleight of hand where the, the spectator doesn't see what you're doing. And so my, that was five. Uh, the trick called five, but my bash resonated from that. And I didn't know that someone came out with a, a similar trick that was the five, the deck of cards into five ones. The same type of move that I do for my bash. And once I found out, I emailed the magician and he was okay with it. He saw that it was a different gimmick, a different method of how the trick is done. And he said, yeah, I'm fine with it. Just credit my name. And that's what I did. And so no matter what you think of, you always have to do that research. Google it, YouTube it, go on, you know, Penguin Magic, go on Murphy's Magic, go on Hocus Pocus to make sure there's no, there's no other tricks like that that you created. And if there is, then the proper thing to do is to, you know, find out who, it, who it's from, contact that magician and let them know what you're doing. And if they're most of the time, you know, most magicians are okay with it. There are some, you know, just a handful that are, you know, that they don't want you to release it uh, because, you know, it's mainly theirs. And, you know, and of course, there's always drama in magic, just like anything else, you know. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, yeah, so that's, that's how pretty much, you know, that's what I do for any tricks that I come up with. And then, uh, like, so when you're coming up with a trick and you feel like, okay, this is, you know, I've, I've done my proper research. I feel like this is something that hasn't been out there and I'm going to uh, try to release this. Is it a, like, is it a long process? It's funny. I can hear you doing cards in the back. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm doing, I'm just shuffling. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's funny. I love it, dude. Like, that's like, literally you live it. Um, uh is it a long process from like conception to the, oh, yeah. the final it is? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's say my first trick that I came out with five where it's, you know, I mentioned just recently <clears throat> since that was my first one. And this was, this was almost six years ago. So that's when DVDs were still around. Um, so I had to make my own trailer um, edit my own trailer and design my own DVD cover. So that literally took about nine months total with everything before it got released. So, and what Murphy's did is, you know, Murphy's is a wholesaler. They buy tricks from magicians that they think it's good. And also 
the person, the people that you're dealing with at these magic um, wholesalers or magic retailers, <clears throat> they'll let you know if there's a similar trick because since they sell magic, they've seen everything. So if they've seen something that looks similar to yours, they'll let you know. But at the same time, it's not going to be exactly the same method. So you still can get away with it to releasing it. So my five, yeah, it took about eight, nine months. And they included, uh, there were some um, extra props that came with it. And uh, bonus tricks that came with it as well. So what Murphy's did is they produced everything, um, you know, created my magician's account through their website. And, um, and I can see all the sales that comes in, you know, through my account. And once everything is done, um, or, you know, all the trailer, the tutorial, everything is done. They finally released the trick. And what, what's great about Murphy's is every single magic shop around the world buys from Murphy's because Murphy's is the largest distributor of magic. <clears throat> so in, and so once they release the trick, it goes out every single magic shops online and physical shops, they get an email notification said, Hey, there's a new trick. Um, you know, it could be 10 tricks that came out at the same time, or they, you know, they released the, the trailer at the same time, you know, probably it could be like a day later or two days later for another trick. So every new tricks that come out, I'm, and I'm, I think it's every month, every single magic shop online, <clears throat> online magic shops and physical shops, they get notifications that, Hey, this is a new trick. Here's a batch. Check it out. If you like it, you know, they buy it and they sell it at their, on their sites. Shoo. So uh... It sounds like, yeah, so it's, it's almost like a year, essentially. Of, yeah, pretty much. Of one's life. Uh, and I would imagine that, like, everything that you've created, it's, it, it's been very well received, right? Like, has there any, like, has there been something you, like, created and released that maybe necessarily didn't hit the mark as well as you wanted it to, or? Um, well, there is one trick that is called a triple X where it's um, a, a, a coin, a visual coin change into three different coins and using only one hand. Um, and then the bonus trick for that of triple X was producing seven um, centavo coins with one hand and visually to the spectator, it looks like there's nothing in your hand, but there is. Um, magicians will know what I'm talking about. You know, you know what I'm talking about, but the, the layman's, the spectators won't, but I was hoping that would do well. It didn't do as well as I hoped, but you know, it didn't, you know, it didn't get me down or anything like that. It was just one routine. Um, you know, it's the same move, one same move to produce up to 10 coins from one hand. And, um, yeah, it did okay. It did okay. But my best was five, my very first release, um, because it was kind of competing with extreme burn technically. And it was the same, uh, similar concept, not the same, but similar concept, but you already know how extreme burn works and you already know how my five works. So it's a little similar, but, completely different where it changes from one to five to 10 to 20 to a 50 and then to a hundred. And then, um, <clears throat> um, 
And the bonus trick for that was changing a, a dollar bill into a origami bird. And that's where the thumb tip extra prop that was included in five. So that was, uh, that was definitely an experience. But now it's, now it's from my first experience with five, you know, going through the process of how to release the trick. Now it's, now it doesn't take me that long. Thank God. <laughs> so like, are you currently working on something right now that is like sort of like in the middle of the process? Yeah. Well, right now, um, I have a friend who's designing my very first, proud to say, uh, this, uh, this, the steel, wait, what did I call it? Yeah. The steel deck playing cards. He's okay. designing that right now, and I'm, it's going to go through Murphy's, and they're going to produce everything. And so once it's sold, um, you, know, I, you know, of course, every deck that's sold, I get a commission. And I think they're printing about 10,000 decks, as far as I know. That's going to be the, from the first batch. And I'm hoping that they all sell out. <laughs> So they, okay, so they print 10,000 and like, is there a, is there like a, uh, like a time limit like that they look for? Like how fast no. do these things sell? Uh, no. Just drop the phone. No, oh, no there's no time limit. There's no time limit on what they sold. I mean, once, once it's produced, you know, just like any, any trick, um, it's, it's always in their warehouse and if they sell out, they buy more and that's. Pretty much, it's just like any any department store, basically. Phew. So they're buying ten thousand, and, uh, and every go... yeah, every deck that they sell, I get a commission. You know, that's how you know everything works with you know with the magic as as well as any retail, um, in any retail store. But yeah, it's going to be pr uh, printed from the United States Playing Cards Company, and that's pretty much where every magician's. Um, you know, get their cards printed. Uh, Shin's got it uh, printed from there, I think. And, um, you know, there's several, you know, there's several cardists or magicians that has come out with their own playing cards. So this is going to be uh, hopefully a good stepping stone, an extra stepping stone for me. Hell yeah, dude. And, and like, of, of course, we can't forget to mention, like, we've been talking about America's Got Talent. You actually, uh, with your son, right? You auditioned for America's Got Talent. Yeah, the first time, uh, yeah, when Xavier was still, um, he was eight years old, about a year after he started Magic. And we auditioned. They loved us. Um, but, you know, they said that, you know, if you get selected for the live shows, we'll email you or call you. And we never, we never got the email or call, which is not a big deal, which is good because if we didn't make it, and Xavier got, um, and for the listeners, my son's name is Xavier. It starts with an X. And ironically, that's how I got my magician name, Zeon. But that's another story I can tell you in a minute. But um, <laughs> luckily, uh, we didn't make it because he quit a year later. So, <laughs> and then so once I <clears throat> kept on, I, audis I auditioned as well, you know, myself. <clears throat> and passed both preliminary rounds um and then um the first two judges my i think my second and last time i auditioned the first two judge, judges were just m literally just dumbfounded of what i did because i did my telekinesis effect and 
they were just, they had no idea. So then my second round, they called me back. And so they brought in two more judges. So the two first judges that they saw, that saw me first brought in two more. So I had four judges, pre, uh, four pre-judges did the same thing, kind of changed it up just a little bit. And they wanted me to use, um, to perform it on a staff member, not someone that was auditioning because they didn't want, th- they didn't want to think that it was set up. I was like, sure, no problem. So, so all four judges, they saw me, they grabbed two staff members. <clears throat> I told them exactly what I was going to do. You know, I had one person had their eyes closed. And after that, they all four of them just had no idea what I did or how I did it. And I thought I was, I was in, but I never got the call. And then after that, I was like, eh, it's not a big deal. You know, who really wants to be judged? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's those shows, especially America's Got Talent, they're, they're this weird thing because you, like, the, like my issue with it is like, perfect example, you yourself, like someone that is actually talented, right? So it's called America's Got Talent. Um, uh, someone who is extremely talented, personable, you got a great stage presence. Um, I'm sure there's things that they saw that they were like, "Hmm, I don't know, like maybe we can coach, like whatever, I don't know. Right. You watch those shows and you'll you'll see someone that's doing the stupidest shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And literally all it's for is for the people at home so they can laugh. For the ratings, yeah, exactly. It is so insanely frustrating to me that that those shows do that. And it, it, to me, it's like, you know, yeah, cool. You cool. You audition Ameri- like for America's Got Talent. But I mean, it's like, clearly you've done successful without that show. And, you know, that show really, I mean, is very frustrating to me personally. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. <clears throat> You know, and you know, a lot of people don't know this either. For America's Got Talent, you know, there are many that you know that actually do audition and they make it. You know, they call them to the live shows, but some of them that's been you know been on TV before, they actually call them to be on the show. And it's you know they still do all the auditions and everything, great. But like for for you know some people in the past. Um, you know, they've called them because they've seen them on, uh, on other TV shows, like you know, if it's overseas or if it's in the U.S., and they'll call them and tell them to come audition because they need the talent, you know, or they want more talent on the show. I was going to say, like, so, what the oh, hell? Like, I auditioned for America's Got Talent, and it was a literal, right. like, six, seven, eight-hour wait. Like, like, how much more talent do you need? That place was packed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And exactly. I did it in Tampa. Like, like, wh- where did you do it? Oh, Jacksonville. And was it like packed to the brim? Oh yeah, yes, yeah, at least a good maybe three thousand people. I mean, come on, you need more talent, and they audition like they go around the country supposedly. Plus, they do yeah. online aud- like uh, uh, online auditions. And Jesus Christ, so like that shit blows me away. Plus the fact that, like, yeah, you said it's it's they reach out to people that are established essentially. Um, yeah, like you know what I mean. Like they they actually have a following. They have they have this. Like when I think of America's Got Talent, I'm thinking like this is a show that's supposed to take somebody that literally almost has nothing. And, right. Exactly. 
propels them to a new level here. And they're, they're getting people that have like hundred thousand followers. And it's like, what are you doing? It's to me, it's backwards. Maybe like when it first started, it was a little more genuine, but I feel like it evolved into into this monster of just trying to do the most outrageous shit just to get people to watch. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much why I stopped. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much why I stopped auditioning. Um, I was going to do it this this year for this coming season, but you know, I didn't decide on it. I was just contemplating should I do it because at the same time, it's you know, like like we just talked about, it's it's blown up to s- such a huge thing now. I mean, to be on it, that'd be great to get exposure, but at the same time, it's like, okay, do people really want to be judged? By people you don't even know you know what i mean it's like yeah. okay well you know well i i'm it's it's almost like okay i'm gonna judge you that you suck i'm gonna judge you that you're great you know it's 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 almost like that scenario or the or you know the saying is like don't judge a book by its cover but you're still you know they're still judging you on how you're how you're doing you know or, or how you're performing or or how you act on stage, or how you speak on stage. You know, at the same time, it's like, you're still getting exposure, but you're getting an embarrassing exposure if you're not that good. You know? So if a yeah. magician tries to, you know, it, it, not just a magician, no, a comedian or whoever, if, if you end up doing terrible, you're not going to get called to do shows or, or gigs or, or anything like that, you know, possibly. If they call you, great. You know, go make your money. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, and I'm sure there's like shit that we don't even see, like 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 stuff that doesn't come out, like backstage shit. And oh yeah, of and, course. You know what I mean? Like like oh man, because I know it's going right like right now through like America's Got Talent is like hitting the headlines because of some stuff happening with the judges. But like, you got to imagine there's some stuff going on with with the contestants. And oh, I'm sure, sure. I mean, geez, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe if Shin ever comes on, and because, like, I would imagine he's like at some point you're like contracted, like you can't talk about it or something. But I'm sure he's out of that contract. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. probably. Um, yeah. I'd love to ask him. Like, I like I'd love to ask. Like, was it a hundred percent positive experience, or was there something in that like twenty years from now you're going to write in your biography that <laughs> is like like you're going to have some <laughs> big secret, you know, like. Well, from when I when I talked to Shin about um, about AGT, we talked about you know the same uh, kind of the same experiences, um, and it's just. But he told me it was you know everything that he's experienced through AGT was was all positive. There was nothing negative that he had to say, uh, which is good. And um, and then you know because of the show, and now look at you know look at him now. And now he's got his own show in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. The only, yeah, the only regret that I wish I'd have started Magic sooner because I started when I was 40, 39 or 40. And I've always loved it, but I got more intrigued because Magic has changed since I was a kid when I saw, when I saw my son doing, you know, because we, we got him the Chris Angel kit. Uh, oh, yeah. Very- oh, yeah. <laughs> when he was seven years old. And started, you know, at seven years old. I mean, and you know how smart he is. You know, he's so genuine. 
he goes on YouTube at seven years old and looks up magic. And he sees all this stuff. And that's where we both discovered David Blaine. Never heard of David Blaine until we, we started looking up YouTube videos. And then that's where, from the magic that I've seen when I was a kid, and I've and seen the things that David Blaine did, you know, close up. You never saw that stuff when I was a kid. And then and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, that I know now that I didn't know then watching David Blaine. I'm like, how in the hell did he just do that? It was right there in front of the person. You know, there was no stage. There's no, it just on the streets, you know, like they call the street magic. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then now, ever since then, it's like, you know, it, that's that's where it got me started. You know, like I said, I've always loved magic when I was a kid. Never really got into it. You know, I learned a little tricks, you know, card tricks here and there when I was growing up, but never really got into it until I was like 39, 40. And then now at 50 years old, you know, now it's like, okay, this is part of my life now. And I was, I did stop for about a year, three years ago, uh, but I went back into it because I just, I just couldn't leave it. I don't know. Yeah, it's in my blood now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Out of everybody, out of all the big guys, out of every single one of them, David Blaine seems like, uh, well, he's my favorite just because he seems like an, like an actual genuine nice guy. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like the whole Chris Angel thing. Like, I remember being big on Chris Angel, saw him in Vegas and everything. But right. he, just, he, like, he really comes across as cocky and, 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 and I've heard horror stories about Chris Angel. Oh, yeah. So have I. So have I. You, you know, like you really don't like I don't know. Me personally, I haven't heard much about David Blaine. He just seems low key and, mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and he just does his thing like. I think he's touring now, but he'll just come out of nowhere with a special every yeah. once in a while. And yeah, the uh, last special he did, which was, uh, I mean, I, I was November, but I think it was, it's been three years now. But when he did that special, all brand new stuff, I was just, I, I'm just sitting there like, how in the fuck did he do that? You know, so even, and then, so even as a creator, you're watching stuff and you're like, they're like, you're not completely. Uh, 100% on how it's all done. Like, there's still yeah. stuff that blows oh, yeah. you away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> Yeah, like, that's, like, the thing. It's, like, you know, if you feel like you've learned everything, like, this is something that I believe in life. Like, if you feel like you've learned everything, what's the point? So, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? If you can yep. still be fooled, if you can still have this, the, the, this wonderment of, like, whoa, hold on, maybe this is real, but it can't be real. Like, you know? That's the yeah. good shit, I think. Yeah, the one thing that really gets me is when uh, when David Blaine had his special, um, he explained that he had to go, uh, I think it was Africa or, you know, somewhere overseas to learn the re- uh, regurgitation that he does with yeah. the kerosene, the fire, and the life. Oh, my God. That, when I first saw that, I was like, there's no way. How in the hell did he do that? And then he came on Jimmy Fallon, and he was just talking, talking to everybody. And all of a sudden, he's he does this, you know, he does a regurgitation with his throat, and then all of a sudden, the frog comes out of his mouth into the glass. I'm like, how in the hell is he doing that? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing too. It's he he dabbles with the magic, like the traditional sense of magic, but he is much more of like a he just does physical shit that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh yeah that's what's so cool about him like he 
he's he's very um layered when it comes to that performance so he can do a card trick yeah but he'll end it by you know like you said in like ingesting kerosene and yeah um, and doing shit that nobody should be doing anybody can do yeah. a card trick no one should be in like ingesting kerosene <laughs> oh yeah no no and see what what he does he does when, when he like if he's on a tv special he'll does he'll do something simple to us but to the spectators it's like holy crap how in the hell do you do that but when he's on a show he does the he he does the extreme part at the very end which that's what that's the way i like to do things is you know every now and then i'll, I'll start off with something strong if we're out and about but i'll do something very simple and then when i know that i'm going to stop in about 10 or 15 minutes then i will do a very strong trick or an effect that will literally blow their minds and, and most of the time it's my my telekinesis touch trick that i do uh it, you know towards the end and where it's you know literally i want them like david blaine wants them to always remember that moment and that's what i that's what i like to do is i want them to remember that moment and they're never going to forget it would you ever consider doing like the the physical shit or that's totally out of out of your i would love to know how to do that frog <laughs> it comes out and he spits it back he spits it in the cup and then he swallows the frog back in and drinks the rest of the water I'm like yeah. what in the hell <laughs> well that's just I mean I'm not trying to simplify it Like, I, I would imagine it's just trying to get past the idea of putting something alive in your stomach <laughs> yeah exactly Yeah, like <laughs> you know the mental aspect of alright I'm going to swallow something that's still alive and somehow get it back up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's just insane. Yeah, I, just, I literally didn't know how he did it. I mean, if, if he's actually swallowing that frog and he actually learned how to do that overseas from, and he in, and he shows the guy that taught him. And I'm just sitting there. I was like, okay, there's there's got to be there's got to be something, something to how he does that. Oh, like you mean trickery, or it's or it's a hundred percent real? I'm I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because I don't know how he does it. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a trick, or I don't know if it's hundred percent real. Huh? Now you got me questioning because I honestly thought it was like I said, just trying to get past that mental block yeah. that that holds anybody back from putting anything alive in your mouth. <laughs> and then plus, if if you have a very bad, you know, you know, not to sound weird. "Quote unquote," if you have a bad, very bad gag reflex, you know whoever has a bad, very bad gag reflex, they're not going to be able to do it. You know, magician. You know, if if it's a magician, there's yeah. no way. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, do you remember on AGT? Since we're on that topic, uh, like the the guy, the uh, the regurgitator. Oh yeah, yeah, that dude. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I think he really does that. I don't. I don't know. I always thought that maybe him and David Blaine talked or David Blaine was, you know, contacted him. <laughs> but that dude, I don't know how he does it, but one thing I did notice is his teeth. Because he's he's supposedly swallowing, you know, ping pong balls, eggs, uh, pool table balls, 
<laughs> yeah, and and I don't know if it's affecting his teeth because when I first saw him in AGT, and I was like, "Wow, his!" I mean, it, it looks decayed. His teeth look decayed. But at the same time, now he's making money. He should be able to get it fixed. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if him swallowing shit made his teeth. You know, made his gums go bad. I I, I just don't know. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> oh my god yeah dude i remember watching that and i'm just like what am what am i watching how would you turn exactly. this into a? How, how do you turn this into a like a las vegas show because that's honestly i mean that's what the whole point of the show is i mean really besides getting notoriety you you kind of yeah. hope to have a show at some point I yeah think. exactly exactly how, how the fuck do you turn that into a show yeah <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god yeah, exactly. But, so, uh, so I don't. Yeah, so um, you know, what I was gonna say is I don't know if, if because I always get, I always, my magician name always gets mispronounced, and I was gonna, you know, elaborate on my on my name. Go ahead, yeah, go so, ahead. Yeah, so for 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 the listeners is, um, since my son did magic with me, his his name is Xavier, uh, starts with an X. So when he decides to stop. I wanted to carry on our father. We were called Father and Son Magic, FNS Magic. And I wanted to carry on his name. So instead of Steve, because to me, Steve is just, just plain. Every, there's so many Steve, you know, Steves you know, who are magicians. So I wanted something different. I wanted something unique. So I went online, searched for different names. And I found uh, Zeon with a Z-I-O-N. So then, and then I didn't realize that Microsoft has a, a Pentium, uh, a, a Pentium, Pentium chip or whatever uh, called Xeon. Had no idea. So, and this is like a couple of years after uh, I, I found the name, but I looked online and instead of Z-I-O-N, I wanted to use my son's first initial X so I did Xeon, uh, X-E-O-N, and everybody thought it was Exeon or Exxon. And I'm like, I'm not a gas station. It's not Exxon. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I'm a huge Superman fan. So my logo is X, but in a Superman symbol type um, design. And so that's how I came up with Xeon Steel. God, yeah, dude, it, it, it really is great. So, like, when anybody checks that out, you'll you'll see what Steve's talking about. It it definitely is, you know, like you said, Steve is a very common name, and yeah. and, and you need something that you know kind of kind of puts you out. Like like Chris Angel, that's not his that's not his real name. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, so more often than not, you'll find people, especially, you know, magicians or whatnot that are creating their name. And I love it, dude. I, I, Zeon Steel. It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, even um, for David Copperfield, Copperfield is not his last name, but everybody thinks it is. What is it? Oh, uh, I have to look it up. Um, but it starts with an S, I think. I think it starts with an S. But um, David is his first name. Okay. David huh. Carperfield, real name. Uh, he changed it. I remember the, he changed it to Copperfield. Yeah, David Seth 
Kot, uh, Kotkin. Oh, That's shit. No right wonder name. he changed it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's his no uh, name, and his last name is K-O-T as in Tom, K-I-N. So then somebody, I can't remember who came up with Copperfield, and that's and that's what he went with, David Copperfield. Oh, yeah, the, the smart move. Now, I think David Blaine, I think Blaine is his last name. I think so, too, yeah. I, think I don't so. think he changed it, so, I mean, but that's just, I mean, geez, Blaine, like, you don't think of anything else besides magic when I hear it personally. Like, I, I don't know any other Blaines out there. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Chris Angel, his real name is Christopher Nicholas Sorontikos. What is it? Sorontikos? <laughs> yeah. I think he's Greek, yeah. Um, yep. Chris Angel, yep. And then you got Penn and Teller, but they, like, the, well, Penn is Penn Gillette. Teller is not yeah. his name. Yeah, and actually... Teller, no, that's his. That's his last name. They he dropped his first name for the act, and his voice. <laughs> yeah, and his voice too. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's a bizarre thing, man. Anytime I hear him talking, that always freaks me out. Kind of. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's he is so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like whoa, you come across as like this dim-witted, like. <laughs> kind oh of yeah. Dim- yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And then you hear him exactly. talking. You're like, wow! You should be the guy that's the front runner of Penn and Teller. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And now, yeah, his real name is Raymond Joseph Teller. Okay. So they just, yeah. So it's just Penn and Teller. Oh man! No, they did. Uh, did, did you ever see that 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 thing they did for SNL? Yeah, I think so. Where they were like, like the way they did it was, it looked like everything was levitating, um, upwards, but. At the end of the sketch, the camera pulls back and you see that they like the whole time they've actually been upside down. And they're oh, just yeah. Like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they're just dropping shit out of frame, but the way that like, the camera has them framed, you don't see it going out of frame. Yeah. It just looks like it levitates. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was the most brilliant yeah. thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, when they did the yeah, because I remember um, Jen Kramer, she was on that on Penn and Teller, and they, her and I, I can't recall the uh, the other girl's name that was on there. They did the exact same bit, uh, but uh, a different routine. And uh, when they did that on the show, they just you know they just came and performed. They they weren't competing, um, so they did a tribute to them, and they did it upside down, and the camera was upside down, and it looked like you know. They were pouring water out of a cup, out of a bottle. It looked like it was levitating up into the cup. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. And they, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that one. Like, I'm going to look that one up. But the, the SNL one, they were doing that for a while. So, man, I have to imagine, like, blood rushing to their head. and oh, Yeah. And you can see, because they're upside down, you can see their 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 cheeks are even more puffier <laughs> because the gravity is just pulling them down. <laughs> oh man, ah, dude. Well, look, Z, yeah, uh, Steve. I almost called you Zeon, but uh, I feel like I can call you Steve. Um, oh yeah, of course, dude. I I really appreciate you coming on here, and uh, I know you said you could get, like do about an hour. So. Um, oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for asking, man. It was a pleasure, and it sucks that we don't see each other that often, but, uh, uh, you know, just personal, like, I don't know if you know this, uh, like, you know what's going on with TC and Julie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Um, yep. So hopefully at some point I'll see you because I think they're going to have like a like a gender reveal thing going on. So. Um, oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I did get that. I won't be able to go. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but definitely uh, definitely we should um you know meet up somewhere, um you know even even just come out to one of our jams just to hang out whatever. Maybe yeah. I can get you back into magic. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> fucking Harry Allen! I'm calling him out. Harry Allen, he killed it for me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Harry Allen. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah he just he is a salesman. Oh my! No matter God. what you talk about. You know, of course, if you talk about magic, he will try to sell you everything from under the sun. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's it's just, uh, yeah, I've heard some stories about him. So I, that's why I never go to, to, uh, to his magic shop in Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man, that killed but, it for me. Like that was like, if theater magic was me laying down in the coffin, Harry Allen was the nails. So, <laughs> man, but yeah, so if, um, can I give out my uh, Instagram oh, page yeah. and all that? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'm going to have it all in the show notes, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my Instagram is at Zeon Steel, X-Z-O-N-S-T-E-E-L. And, um, I have a YouTube channel, same thing, Zeon Steel. And if you guys want to check it out, uh, um, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, that'd be great too. I've got a whole bunch of stuff on there. I do a specific, um, I'm not going to, uh, I do specific effects using, uh, um, I'm not going to say the actual technique, but it's called BA. It's just an, it's a, it's an initial for the specific magic that I do. Um, but you'll see a lot of, um, seriously impossible literally impossible tricks that cannot that you actually cannot think that it can be done but it, it can be done and and just just for future note is n i never use camera tricks if you use camera tricks it's not real magic amen <laughs> amen right <laughs> yeah i never use i never use stooges um i am completely against that uh i don't do any camera editing no cuts, nothing like that in any of my videos. Because, like I said, it's you know, if you use camera tricks, it's not it's not magic. It's just camera tricks. Yep, <clears throat> I agree. And yeah, everybody, go uh, go follow them. All the stuffs in the show notes. Uh, and that's it, dude. I really appreciate you coming on. And like I said, we got a. Is it still in Jacksonville? Like, are you like are you still doing Orange Park? Oh, you mean the um, the, the, the monthly meetings that we do? Oh, yeah, no. Usually, it's it's here in in, in my city, this uh, Saint Augustine. Okay. And um, but every now and then we'll go out to Orange Park, um, you know, Jacksonville. But most of the time, it's always uh, in Saint Augustine. All right, all right. We'll uh, we'll talk off air um, and uh, get that sorted out because I I'd love to see you, dude. It sucked that because uh, at one point we lived in like the same like apartment complex. Yeah. Yeah, and thank God we both moved from there. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Steve. All right, Eddie. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, But, yeah, we definitely have to get together soon. Definitely will, man. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. All right, brother.